my part two on my reward topic. So buckle up, pay attention, take notes, and, and get ready to be enlightened and to hear things you just are not being taught in the church anymore. So back to my parable, which is about believers. So for the sake of time, I'm going to give you a Reader's Digest condensed version of this parable. We kind of know the story. We're familiar with it. We have a master. He has three slaves. He's going to go on a journey. He gives one slave five talents, another one two, and another one one. He says, hey, be busy using these in a wise way while I'm gone. And when I get back, uh, I'll see how well you did with the talents, and then I'll reward you accordingly. So when his master comes back, he's going to inquire from his slaves how well they did with his talents. So after a while, the master came back and he wanted to talk to these guys. And he said to the one who had received the five talents, he said, come up, tell me what you did with the money. He said, well, master, you entrusted me with five talents. I have gained five more talents. The master says to him, well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And also the one who had received two talents came up and said, master, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I gained two more talents. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one who had just received one talent came, Master, I knew you were a hard man. You reaped where you did not sow, and you gathered where you did not scatter seed. I was afraid. I went away, and I hid your talent in the ground. See, but I still have your one talent. But the master answered and said to him, You wicked, lazy slave, you know that I reap where I did not sow and I gather where I did not plant seed. You at least had to put the money in the bank so he at least get some interest off of it. He said to the other slaves, Therefore, take away the one talent from him and give it to the others. And he says, Throw out the worthless slave into the outer darkness, and in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Again, notice that the master i.e. God, rewards his faithful servants and curses his unfaithful servants. Please notice that the Lord does not credit the Holy Spirit for getting these guys to be faithful for the master. Also notice that the Lord does not blame the Holy Spirit for failure of the wicked, lazy slave. The responsibility of being faithful or unfaithful lies solely with these slaves. Notice that Christ once again shares the concept of an outer darkness that I've mentioned before. Now again, let me say right off the bat that many in the church assume that this man ends up in this creepy place called the outer darkness because he's not saved or was never saved to begin with. Not true. I've already showed you some verses talking about believers being sent to this outer darkness. And the scriptures are clear. God's rebellious, unrepented people can end up spending their eternity in this creepy place called the outer darkness where it is eternal weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, be honest. Do you see any glimmer of joy of the Lord in this creepy place of eternal weeping and sorrow? What I just shared should put the fear of God into any believer. Here again, the sons of the kingdom verses. Matthew chapter 8, verses 10 through 12. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into the outer darkness, and in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Sons and the daughters of the kingdom being cast out into the outer darkness. Brethren, the words sons and daughters of the kingdom shows that Christ is not speaking of people who were never saved to begin with. Lost people 
do not earn their way into the kingdom. Christ is warning believers that if you are not serious about walking with me and learning my word and being faithful, judgment will not go well for you. And if you are not keeping yourself sin cleansed, there is a good chance you will never get into God's heavenly kingdom and you most definitely will not be a partaker in the humongous heavenly wedding banquet. Dear friends in Christ, if you are not serious about your walk with Christ right now, get serious fast. Any one of us could be one breath away from stepping into eternity. Now, because of time restraints, I'm going to have to leave some stuff out of this podcast that I want in it. However, I will do another podcast on a similar topic using this stuff I did not use in this podcast. Now, I'm going to quickly delve into the conditional rewards listed in the churches in the book of Revelation. My goal is to have you see that these rewards are conditional. That means that they are not free to all who are simply born again. To receive these rewards, a believer needs to do something, not just believe in Christ. He needs to do what the Lord says in order to receive these rewards. Revelation 2.10, do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to cast some of you into prison so that you will be tested and you will have tribulation for 10 days. Be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life. Whoa, to be faithful until death. That's what it takes to earn this crown. Again, this is written to churches. Now, I'm not going to cover every little detail of the rest of the kingdom rewards because of time restraints in the book of Revelation. However, how one receives rewards that are mentioned is clearly defined by the word overcoming. The Lord says, he who overcomes. The reward in these verses are millennial or heavenly kingdom rewards. When you are done listening to this podcast, get out your Bible and go over them slowly. So here I go. Again, these verses are for all the churches. And not just the churches in the day of the Apostle John. Those conditional reward verses apply just as much today as they did 2,000 years ago. And all the rewards listed, again, are conditional rewards. It means it takes something from us in order to get them. Just like the Lord always says in his Bible, if you do this, then I will do that. So the condition in these churches in Revelation is to be an overcomer. The idea of to be an overcomer is to be someone who gets victory in their walk with Christ. It means to overcome the flesh and to basically overcome the call of the world and be distracted by the things of the world. It doesn't mean you're going to be perfect, but you're going to know you have that victory in Christ. You're at the point in your life when the things of the Lord are much more important than the things of this world. An overcomer is that believer who's committed to serving the Lord no matter what the cost is. Nothing's going to stop them from being faithful until the day they go home. Revelation 2.7, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him or her who overcomes, I will grant to eat the tree of life, which is in paradise. The tree of life, that's a reward blessing. That's in the next life. If, you over, if you're an overcomer, you're going to get the opportunity to eat from this tree of life. Whatever that is, it's going to be a special blessing. Well, first of all, let me say that not all believers in the church are overcomers simply because they are believers. Getting born again 10, 20, 30 years ago is not going to automatically mean that you're going to get the opportunity to eat from this tree of life. Unrepentant, carnal believers who wallow in their sin 
are not going to eat from the tree of life. They are not overcomers. To be a spiritual overcomer takes a personal fortitude and perseverance and dedication. Spiritual maturing would be part of that overcoming process. Again, perfection is not what the Lord is looking for. He's looking for dedication and commitment and perseverance. Spiritual maturing would be a part of that overcoming. In the Greek, the word overcomer literally means to conquer, prevail, to overcome, to be victorious. A victorious believer is a believer who has overcome the desire to be part of the sinful or wasteful ways of this world. Now, again, an overcoming believer is not one who is perfectly victorious over every aspect of their life. They're still going to have struggles with the flesh. Again, that's not going to change till the day you die. But as you mature as a Christian, you're going to get a lot more victories than you are defeats. So an overcoming believer would be a believer who's no longer defeated by their sin struggles, but instead deals with their sin struggles head on. And then when they stumble, they get those sins cleansed by the blood of Christ. Being an overcomer is much about attitude. It is about obedience. An overcoming believer is literally a believer who has gotten to the point in their life when they are successfully walking in a manner which pleases the Lord. Again, I'm going to keep saying this so people don't think that Bob's talking about some imaginary plateau that you reach. An overcoming believer is still a believer who's going to occasionally stumble and sin. Okay, But they're locked in. An overcomer is locked in or committed to the ways of the Lord. Nothing's going to sidetrack them. So when you hear the word overcomes or overcomer, simply picture that believer who is truly and sincerely committed to their Savior and who is striving to walk with their Savior in a way which pleases him, which would be in accordance with the Scriptures in spite of their shortcomings. Revelation 2.17, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give him some of the hidden manna, and I will give him white stone and a new name written on it, which no one knows but he who receives it. Again, supernatural heavenly reward, that's a blessing for overcoming. Revelation 2.26-29, He who overcomes and he who keeps my deeds until the end, are you paying attention to that? To him I will give him authority over the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of the potter are broken to pieces, as I has also received authority from my father, I will give him or her the morning star. He who has an ear, let, the, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Again, this is a reward, a conditional reward, based on overcoming. Revelation 3, 4 through 6. Listen carefully. You have a few people in Sardis, in the church of Sardis, who have not soiled their garments. They will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He who overcomes thus will be clothed in white garments, and I will not erase his name from the book of life. And I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Christ says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. This should scare the bejesus out of you, believers. Right here, Christ says that you can have your name erased from the book of life. If you're not an overcomer, if you're not faithful, if you're not walking with the Lord in a manner which is pleasing, you can have your name erased from the book of life. Right there it says it. I didn't make it up. So in this verse, he who has not soiled their garments simply means believers who were keeping their metaphorical robe, their wedding garment, washed clean by the blood of the Lamb. This is not saying that a believer is always going to 
in and of himself is going to keep themselves pure. No, you need to have that walk with the Lord. You need to have that continual sin cleansing. Just picture your favorite shirt, never ever washed. It's going to look really soiled after a few months. And then after a few years of never ever being washed, that shirt will stink. It will have stains that you'll never get out. And you'll definitely not wear that shirt someplace nice. Well, just imagine how the metaphorical white garment or the white robe we got when we got saved would look to God if we never got it washed clean with the blood of the Lamb. The only way to get those sin stains out of our life is to have them washed clean by the blood. Revelation 3, 11 through 13. I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have so that no one will take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he or she will not go off from it anymore. And I will write on him or her the name of my God and the name of my city and the name of my Lord and the new Jerusalem which comes out of, out of heaven from God and my new name. A lot of new stuff going on there. A lot of amazing rewards going on there. Christ goes on to say, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So that means, are you paying attention to what I'm telling you? Revelation 3, 21 through 22. He who overcomes, I will grant him or her to sit down with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my Father on the throne. Again, here we go. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So again, Christ is saying, Believers, followers, are you paying attention to what I'm telling you? Again, all these things I was sharing are conditional rewards. Please let that sink in. Don't let these shepherds and pastors lie to you and tell you it's going to be a big party in heaven. And when all believers get together someday, God's just going to wrap his arms around everybody. And everybody's going to share a piece of this amazing, magical kingdom pie. And we're going to, everybody's going to get gifts and get honors. It doesn't work that way. If you don't do, you don't get simply what Christ is saying. If you do not do, you will not get. Now, please listen carefully to what I'm going to say next. Let my words sink into your brains and hearts so deep that they will change your thinking forevermore. When I step into eternity, I hope and pray that my Savior says, Brother Bob, great to finally meet you face to face. I wanted to personally come and meet you and thank you for being a faithful follower. So, Brother Bob, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter the joy of the Lord. And then if Christ says to me, oh, by the way, Brother Bob, you have absolutely nothing to do with being a good and faithful servant. Every good and righteous accomplishment for me that you did only happened because it was done by the Holy Spirit. If Christ would tell me that, he's not going to, but if he would tell me that, then any honor that he bestows on me, like thank you for being a good and faithful servant, will mean nothing to me. If I had played no part in that, not going to mean anything to me. It'll be like a fake honor. And if Christ says, Brother Bob, I have this special crown of life for you because you love my word and you love my coming. And then Christ says, oh yeah, by the way, you had also had nothing to do with earning or deserving this crown of life. Sorry. Yeah, I know I told you in my word that you could earn it. Well, I was kidding. The Holy Spirit also earned that crown for you, Brother Bob. If the Lord says that, and again, he's not going to, then the crown of life that I receive will be meaningless to me because I played no part in earning it. And if the Savior tells me, Brother Bob, and if my Savior says, Brother Bob, it is great that you are part of the wedding feast. It is kind of a special deal. And you and I both know that not everyone in the church is going to get invited to this special event, Brother Bob. However, 
I wanted to let you know right up front that you do not deserve to be here. Sorry, but getting invited to the wedding feast only happened because the Holy Spirit took care of all the arrangements for you ahead of time. If I'm invited to this wedding feast and I don't deserve to be there, it will mean nothing to me. If I am blessed to receive rewards, honors, and platitudes in heaven, only to find out that I had nothing to do with earning or deserving those rewards, honors, or platitudes, those rewards, blessings, and special honors will mean nothing to me. I would be like a highly decorated military soldier who was wearing someone else's medals. I would be like the soldier who wears a purple heart who was never injured in service. Now, what I just said about Christ telling me that I had nothing to do with earning rewards, blessings, or special honors is just not going to happen. And you want to know why I know it's not going to happen? Because Christ is not a liar. Now, if I am found to be faithful and or worthy in eternity and blessed with rewards and honors, my chest is not going to be all puffed up. In eternity, with a new sinless body, I am not going to think for even one microsecond that I have earned or deserved these rewards or honors without the Lord in my life. If I am blessed to receive a holy reward, a heavenly reward, as I receive this reward, I will be continually thanking my heavenly Father for allowing his Son to suffer and die for me. If I am blessed to receive a special honor in heaven, I will be continually shouting praises to the Holy Spirit who was there as we journeyed together to the promised land. And if I am blessed to be invited to the wedding of Christ with all his other faithful and pure followers in the church, my lips will never stop thanking Christ for choosing to shed his precious blood so that I can continue to have my sins washed away as white as snow. I absolutely get that the Holy Spirit did an amazing, gentle job of reaching into my sinful, dark heart and mind and revealing to me the love of Christ and the treasures of God's Word. However, I can also share without a shadow of a doubt that I chose to walk and serve and grow with the Lord because I so appreciated what He did for me on January 1st, 1980, when I was born again. When I realized that He set me free from the power of sin, which in turn allowed me, Brother Bob, a sinner, to choose to walk in a manner worthy of the one who hung on nails for me. I was so appreciative. I dedicated my heart and mind to the Lord. Praise God for love of a Savior and the moving of the Holy Spirit in the soul of a man who was once dead. So again, brethren, make no mistake, the only believers in eternity who receives God's eternal honors or platitudes are going to be those believers who earned or deserved them. I know that drives a lot of Christians wacky and nutty and freaky. Their mind melts when they hear that, but that's what the Bible teaches. As I've shared before, from what I see in scriptures, the only unconditional or free, no strings attached gift that this world ever received from God was what he did for us at Calvary. That was a free gift, no strings attached, just need to believe it, accept it. But all the rest of those gifts in the Bible, all the rest of the rewards, all the rest of them heavenly honors come with the requirement. Revelation 3, 4, 5 again. Again, let's listen carefully. But you have a few believers in the church of Sardis who have not soiled their garments, and they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He who overcomes will be clothed in white, and I will not erase his name from the book of life. I'm not going to talk about that erasing the name from the book of life on this podcast, but that's a scary thought. And every single one of us are going to get exactly what we have coming on our judgment day. None of us are going to get anything more than we deserve or anything less than we deserve. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9-10, through 10, Therefore, we all 
Have is our ambition, whether at home or present, to be pleasing to the Lord. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one of us can be recompensed or paid for or handed out or given for those deeds they've done in the body, what they have done, whether it was good or bad. Let me close with this. Again, please listen carefully. Luke 12, 35 through 38. Christ is speaking. Be dressed in readiness and keep your lamps lit. Be like the men who are waiting for their master when he returns from the wedding feast, so that they may immediately open the door to him when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master will find on the alert when he comes. Truly I say to you that he, the master, which would be the Lord, will gird himself to serve and have them recline at the table, and he will come up and wait on them. Just picture this. Now get this in your mind, okay? Get this in your mind. Listen carefully. In the verses I just read, Christ is giving us a glimmer of a real special event that's going to happen in eternity, which is this massive wedding slash award banquet reception. However, let this let this sink in. Only those who the Lord deems faithful or worthy will be in attendance. There will not be any worldly or carnal or lukewarm believers at this heavenly award banquet. And there will be no church believers at this heavenly award banquet if they did not have the proper, i.e. clean and spotless wedding clothes. Here's a little tiny another glimpse of this heavenly kingdom event in Matthew 22, 11 through 13. But when the king came in to look over the dinner guests, he saw a man there who was not dressed in wedding clothes. And the king said to them, Friend, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? And the man was speechless. Then the king said to his servants, Bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer of darkness. And in that place there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There's that scary outer darkness again. He's talking about believers. He's talking about a believer at a wedding and they weren't properly dressed. They didn't have their white, clean, sin-clessed garment on. So there's going to be this amazing heavenly award banquet in God's kingdom. Faithful Old Testament believers will be there. We read that in Matthew chapter 8, 11 through 12. And I, Christ, say to you that many will come from the east and the west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. So that means that all the old faithful believers from, from the days of Adam and Eve right up to the last person saved will be at this banquet. All these faithful believers will be sitting at tables in this large heavenly banquet hall. Just imagine it. If the Lord deems you faithful and worthy, not perfect, just faithful and worthy, you might find yourself at the same table with Noah or Hannah or the Apostle Paul. There will be some amazing stories shared amongst the believers, stories of valor and victory and occasional defeat, but mostly about faithfulness. Yes, there will be some amazing stories shared amongst the brethren, but trust me, everyone blessed to be part of this heavenly banquet will be continually praising Christ for the unconditional act of love he showed at Calvary, which allowed all these believers to even be here in the first place. There will be a continual thank you, Yeshua, for going through what you did for us at Calvary to save undeserving sinners from hell. But after this great heavenly feast is over, another amazing thing is going to happen. Christ is going to look out on the happy throng of believers, and then one by one he's going to approach the table where that faithful brother or sister is seated and say, hey, Brother Paul or Sister Hannah or whoever he greets, and he's going to ask them, what do you want to eat? I'm here to serve. It's on me. Christ is going to literally serve those who served him. Just try to imagine this in your brain. 
the great I am, who chose to become a God-man so that he could suffer and die to save his people from their sins, is going to serve those who faithfully served him. And it only gets better. One by one, Christ is going to call out the name of his faithful followers and tell them to come up front because he wants to introduce them to his Father. Wow, that's a double wow. Matthew 10, 32, everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. John 12, 26, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there my servant will also be. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. I can't even imagine how incredible it's going to be to step into eternity with a new sinless glorified body and to be able to honestly and genuinely look on the brilliance and wonder of God for the first time in my life. I cannot even imagine how incredible it's going to be to step into eternity and to actually be 100% faithful, grateful, and thankful for the one who hung on nails for me. I cannot even imagine how incredible it's going to be to step into eternity and to know that I will never again have to worry about my sinful flesh pushing and pulling on me in an attempt to try to get me to disobey the Lord. Brethren, being at this heavenly kingdom banquet Wedding is not going to happen to people who simply got born again or saved sometime in their life in the past. This entirely heavenly award banquet and wedding feast is for those whom the Lord deems worthy. Again, Revelation 3, 4 through 6. But you have a few believers in the church of Sardis who have kept their garments clean. They will walk with me in white at the wedding, for they are worthy. He who overcomes will be clothed in the white garments. Brethren, this life is only temporary. The next life is forevermore. We need to be about our Father's business in this life, which involves being sensitive to the leading of the Spirit and being obedient to the sound teachings of the doctrines all the days of our earthly Christian lives. If we do that, God promises us that we will hear, welcome, good and faithful servant. Enter the joy of the Lord forevermore. Your true friend in Christ, Brother Bob. Speaking the truth in love because God knows his church is hurting for spiritual truth. Again, you can reach me at brobobforhim at gmail.com. That's B-R-O-B-O-B, number four, him, at gmail.com. Gmail.com.